Hello and welcome back for another episode of Andreas Medical Podcast Show. Um, this is our second part of Nature. We had our previous one on the pheasant kugelbird. And today we're going to be talking about chocolate, which is pretty different to medicine and pharmacy. This is about how I made chocolate out of uh, delicious cocoa pods. And it turned out pretty good, actually. I think I've made fudge more than actual chocolate. And I know why, why it turned out that way. It was a good experience. I really enjoyed it. Fun times. So today's podcast title is From Cocoa Pods to Delicious Chocolate Bars. Introduction. So before I was born, my father planted a couple of Theobroma cocoa tree also known as the cocoa tree. Standing about 4 to 8 meters tall, the cocoa tree is described as an evergreen tree and is part of the Malvaceae family, which is native to tropical regions of the America. I hope if there are any botanists out there I said that correctly. These words are a little bit tricky. Ours was probably standing about 6-7 meters tall. The seeds looks like a brownish fat bean and they are about 20 embedded in a weird wet and soft slum like white pulp. Apparently it is sweet and delicious to taste. I didn't eat it. I should have. Maybe next time. All of this are found in the pod, also called a caca pod, which is about 15 to 30 centimeters long and about 10 centimeters wide. The caca pods take about five to six months to be ready and ripened and hence are harvested around the world twice. We live on Ile de la Réunion, a Réunion island, which is a French island belonging to France, and has similar weather and humidity than some part of the Americas, especially South America. Here I was thinking that during my childhood to adulthood, I always saw those cocoa trees make these beautiful cocoa pods. I then thought to myself, I'm going to make chocolate. Knowing enough about chemistry through my pharmacy degree, I had a little and a very fun challenge ahead of myself. So stick along with this blog and podcast and learn with me on how to make chocolate. If you're also following on the blog, have a look at the pictures that I've taken. They're pretty cool. I highly recommend that you watch the video called uh, Tree to Bar, How to Make Chocolate Every Step by Gabe Humphreys. I think they're from Hawaii and these guys were the people I watched when I attempted to make chocolate. They're very cool and they know what they're doing. Their chocolate bars looks amazing and they did a really good job in making chocolate. Compared to mine, mine looked a little bit more like fudge, but uh, I think it was, it, it was pretty good with coffee. So, step one. The start of this challenge has begun. First, let us find a healthy cocoa tree. This should be pretty straightforward. Go to your nearest cocoa tree in your garden and grab some pods. Depending on your cocoa tree species, the pod needs to be an orange or purplish or a nice red color. Mine were purplish and red, but a few of them were black. When the pods are black, it generally means the seeds inside have all germinated or sprouted and cannot be used for the chocolate making process. If you scratch the surface of the pod and it's still green, then it's not yet ready. So after hitting the pods with a broomstick, they all fell down and I managed to get a lot of healthy, good-looking pods. Maybe up to 20 pods, I think. My cacao pods were beautiful with a red color, and inside there was about 15 seeds embedded in a white pulp. I got a few of them that were black in color, 
and that could have indicated they have germinated and cannot be used, which was right, because when I opened it, it was all germinated and sprouted. Step 2. Open and get those seeds. At this stage, I was quite excited from getting all those pods. What you need to do is smash them with something blunt to open them up and expose the seeds covered with the white slime-like pulp. When I opened my first pod, I used a knife and I cut the pod in half. This can be dangerous and you may cut yourself, so do not be like me and be safe. Cutting the pods with a knife might damage the seeds inside and ruin them. Also, it is very important to keep the white slime-like pulp for the fermentation process, which should be the next process. Now, if you're looking at the photos, you can actually see what I'm talking about. Uh, the white pulp must be kept for fermentation process, so do not throw it away. That's really important. And obviously, don't use a knife to open your cocoa pods. Step 3 into making your chocolate. The fermentation process. There are many processes to ferment the cocoa seeds. These are a hot box method, or the method where you pile the seeds outside on some banana leaves and leave it there for 5-7 to seven days. The banana leaves method needs to contain a lot of cocoa seeds, which you may not have, and is generally done in a more tropical climate. I did the hot box fermentation process, as it was easy and suitable for the number of seeds I've had. Fermentation, also known as zymology, which is a Greek origin meaning the workings of fermentation, is a metabolic process that uses microorganisms and enzymes. This process changes the substrates, such as carbohydrates or sugars, to a product which contains alcohol or lactic acid, and mostly without the use of oxygen, which brings a desirable change. During fermentation, ATP will be formed, and a lot of heat will be released from the microorganisms. Fermentation is an important process to get the best flavor out of your cocoa seeds. Tannins will be removed during the process, which produces an astringent flavor to the chocolate. Making this process is essential to get the best odor and cacao flavor, as the cacao seeds will mature, as the white slime-like pulp will become into an alcoholic liquid, which I heard you can actually drink, but I didn't. So maybe next time. Here are the steps. 1. You need to add all your seeds with all the white-like slime pulp in an airtight compartment. It will get hot, and that should tell you that fermentation is going well. You do not want any sand or grit mixed with it. And you do not want to add the outer pod shell, the hard colorful shell. Do not add germinating or sprouting seeds, and do not add the white pulp backbone, if you look at photo 5 and 7 below. The backbone is a unique piece that connects all the seeds together and is different to the pulp surrounding the individual seeds. 2. Add some activated yeast or vinegar, or some water to start the process. I added water and I used a clear tupperware. I then left it in the hot sun, so the process would be faster and warmer. I added enough water, so that it barely covered all my seeds. 3. Mix well and wait for about 5-7 to seven days. Every day I mixed all the seeds thoroughly twice a day. I waited a good week, just to be sure that my fermentation process went well. I can tell you that my Tupperware got hot, and I got some strong smell of alcohol. I kept the Tupperware airtight so that alcohol wouldn't evaporate, and I added some water every now and then. Technically, it is possible to drink that alcoholic cacao drink, and I don't know why I didn't do it and give it a go, 
but apparently it tastes really good. So if you look in the photos, in photo 6, this is the hot box method. At the end, there should be a layer of alcohol at the bottom. And you do not want to add any germinating or sprouting seeds or the backbone that you can find within the pod. Step 4. Time for some drying. So after a week and after the fermentation, it is time to dry your seeds. It is important to ensure that there is no off-flavor smell or any unwanted flavor developing. What I did is that I washed them all with water. Not too hot, I just ran some water on them and put them on a black oven tray. I then left them in the sun for about 5 days, where twice a day I would turn them over in the tray making sure they were completely dry. It is a very satisfying result to see those beans being dried up. At this stage, the beans don't smell like cacao at all, but just some fermentation and alcohol remnant smell. Apparently the moisture content in a cacao bean needs to be reduced from 60% to just 7.5%. And once dried, they can be lost up to and be stored for 4-5 to five years. Remember, you can use a top, a mat, a patio, and use a rake to dry them evenly once or twice a day for 7 days. After the drying process was done, all my cacao seeds were brown with a different shade and seemed to be covered with a thin dry membrane. We'll get to that just now. They all felt dry, just like a bag with coffee seeds that is ready to be grounded. Here is my black oven tray. I could only make this many from my healthy ribbon pods. Initially, I had to throw away a lot of pods that already turned black a little. I did check the seed, but they were all sprouting, all germinating, so I couldn't use them. Up close, you can see the seeds have this dry membrane or outer layer that you can peel off. And we'll get to that just now. Step 5. The winnowing or removing the dry outer membrane. This part really sucks because I didn't have a nice chopping machine to remove the dry membrane or outer shell. Also, my membrane rang from easy to hard from removing it off the seeds. Do not worry if you struggle uh, too and uh, do not think that you have done a terrible job. In the industry, the dry bean is cracked and then use a stream of air to separate the membrane shell from the nibs. Some industries will roast with the membrane still attached and later use a machine that has a vacuum powered wind vortex to separate the nibs and the unwanted membrane. I separated the membrane from my beautiful brown seeds before I roasted them. At the beginning, I used my nails which quickly broke so I recommend you carefully and slowly use a knife to remove the membrane. Alternatively, if you're like MacGyver and have a lot of seeds, you can use a slow juicer or a cold press juicer with a big fan. Just like in the video, you put your dry seeds in the juicer. This will break the seeds into nibs and the fan blows the outer shell or the dry membrane. The guys from Tree to Bar and uh, How to Make Chocolate Every Step by Gabe uh, Humphreys show what I'm talking about with the usage of the slow juicer with the fan. The thing was, I didn't have enough seeds to do what they did, neither the slow juicer. A little bit of definitions, so nibs, they are the dry brown seeds without the dry membrane. Initially it is held together as a whole seed, but when breaking with your fingers, the nibs fall apart. They are the smaller part of the whole seed. So if you're looking at the photo, after using my nails and destroying them, 
I got an idea. Let's use a knife instead. I would delicately remove the outer shell. This took me a while and a lot of patience. Once opening, you finally meet what the cacao seed looks like on the inside. A range of brown shades with nibs. Notice the nibs within the seed. It is very delicate and you can break it with your fingers. Some of the seeds were dark brown and others were light brown in shade. I had a few of them that were grey and lighter than usual. I think they died or were completely off. Here we can nicely see the nibs being held together, forming that beautiful cacao seed. Next, what I did is before the roasting begins, I cracked all the seeds into regular sized nibs. I then evenly spread them out on a black oven tray. You can crack the seeds into nibs by just using your fingers. Step 6 into making that beautiful chocolate bar. This is the roasting and man it smelled so good. So this is probably the crucial part. I was anxious when I did the roasting because if I used too much time I would burn and lose all my precious nibs. During roasting it is where all the flavors and the color comes together. The smell is absolutely out of this world and smelling that cacao smell is so rewarding. The time and temperature of the roast depends on how many nibs you have and what type of cacao seeds you have. It also depends if you're roasting the seed as a whole or as smaller nibs. Roasting the nibs allows you to have more surface area and therefore an even roast, which is a safer approach. The roasting instructions that I found were generally between 100 and 180 degrees Celsius for about 10 to 15 minutes. I used 150 degrees Celsius for 15 minutes where halfway I turned the nibs and spaced them out evenly. I also used that time for quality control. I looked for any burn marks or for an uneven roasting throughout the whole tray. You bet that I was intensely watching my nibs very closely. These two websites are very useful in dosing your temperature and time for your nibs. This is from the Ultimate Chocolate Blog and Cacao Bean Roasting. I highly recommend these websites as it is worth the read. I get the general feeling that roasting the nibs or seeds become more like an experiment at first. It is more about touch and go with a lot of supervising. So have an approximate time and for the first time be there constantly to supervise. Remember the key is to not to burn them. So in my first photo when they came out of the oven, I roasted my nibs for a total of 15 minutes at 150 degrees Celsius. The smell was amazing. It is similar to roasting coffee seeds but with a strong sense of cacao aroma. This was awesome and very re rewarding, knowing that these seeds came from your garden. There's also another picture where I'm surveying my nibs while they are roasting. Remember they can easily burn and you don't want to have that burnt taste. And if they do burn then you are going to completely ruin them, which is a bit uh, disappointing after done all that trouble to ferment them and dry them. I then moved my roasted nibs into my white dish uh, tray and let them settle at a normal room temperature, so that's about 25 degrees, with a dry environment. And the colors that come out after the roasting is unbelievable. They become more brown and rich with some yellow in it. It's just really beautiful. Step seven, we're getting there. We're almost getting there. So grinding, conching and pressing. Normally in the industries, the milling and the friction from the heat reduces the nibs to chocolate color liquid. This pure and unrefined form of chocolate contains the cacao solids and the cacao butter. 
To get the cacao butter, a hydraulic press is used to squeeze it out of the roasted nibs. The cacao butter is where the fat is present and makes the chocolate smoother with a glossier texture. Depending on some industries, a big cylinder with two rotating wheels will grind and refine the chocolate into a very thin particle. It is at this moment where sugar or milk or both or added and any other flavoring agents such as vanilla. This can take up uh, from a few hours to days and is uh, crucial in uh, the releasing of flavors from the cacao. This process is a little different and complicated. I didn't follow procedures mainly because I didn't have any of the required uh, machinery. The guys that I watched by uh, Gabe uh, Humphreys, they used uh, the slow juicer which seemed to be working really well. They added some cacao butter with vanilla and just crunched and milled the cacao roasted nibs to very thin particles by using the slow juicer. This seems to be working very well and what came out was some nice smooth chocolate. I used a rolling pin and my own weight. It was a bit tedious work but um, I put a few roasted nibs on the chopping board and I just rolled really really hard until I made a sort of paste. That paste means the fat got out of the nibs. By just squashing and rolling the roasted nibs, the cacao butter actually gets squeezed out. The nibs contains around 53 to 58% cacao butter and should solidify on cooling. This is known as the mass or cacao liquor, which doesn't have alcohol in it, even if the name is a bit misleading. My method was probably not the best, but I have too much uh, fun doing it. I did end up with the physical part of the nibs or the remnants after squashing them, which I think were not grinding finely enough, so when I ate my chocolate later, there were still bits in it. It still tasted very nice. So in the picture on my blog, if you look uh, at the rolling pin, my version of grinding uh, my roasted nibs, I used a, a pin and a board. It is a lot simpler but more difficult. I used a tiny amount of nibs and I had to be very patient and grounded as much as I could with my rolling pin. The cacao nibs became a nice and thin powder which I was pleased. When I knew I had to stop is when the powder became paste-like, meaning that the cacao butter was squeezed out of my nibs. Normally a hydraulic uh, press would do that, but I had no industry hydraulic press in my kitchen, unfortunately. Step 8 of making the chocolate and tempering, which is a very crucial part of making your chocolate. Tempering the chocolate is crucial. Uh, it what gives that crack sound when snapping a chocolate bar. The tempering process involves the constant temperature and mixing so that the crystals can form. The addition of cacao butter is crucial for the consistency. If there isn't a tempering process, like what I did, then the chocolate will be soft compared to a chocolate bar and there will be no crack sound. Without tempering, the chocolate will melt unevenly when eating it. At this stage, it really became experimental for me. Unlike those guys that I watched by Gabe Humphreys from uh, Hawaii, I did not have any cacao butter to add to my mix. I also didn't have a mixer or a melanger that kept the chocolate at a constant temperature and mixed the chocolate homogeneously, but hey, I think it's about the journey, right? Hence, my tempering didn't happen, but I still had a wonderful result. Here's what they did at uh, Hawaii. You add your chocolate liquor to the melanger. You add the sugar after the addition of the chocolate liquor, which will fuse together. 
To 2.5 kilograms of chocolate liquor, add about 900 grams of sugar, or you can do a 70% chocolate to 30% sugar ratio. Slowly add the sugar to the chocolate liquor while the melange is on, on to ensure um, a homogeneous spread. Put the melange on 35 degrees Celsius and leave it to mix for about 12 hours. And you mustn't go lower or higher than 35 Celsius degrees. The sugar can be grinded to a thin powder before adding to the chocolate liquor as it will, that will help in the mixing. After 12 hours, add the cacao butter. No, I'm not sure how much they added though when I watched the video, but uh, just have a look and estimate, which will start the tampering process of the chocolate and give a nice crack sound when, it's, um, when, it, when it became a chocolate bar. There shouldn't be any water added. If you struggle with those instructions, just have a look on the blog. Uh, uh, it's, um, you can see the steps quite nicely, and if you're still not sure, you can always have a look at the video. The, the guys, they uh, do a fantastic job. Here is what I did. So after looking at many stores, I soon realized that I will not find cacao butter, unfortunately. I even thought of buying natural lip ice, as it, made, as it is made from cacao butter, and naturally, I, you could use that. After all my pharmaceutics practicals during my Bachelor of Pharmacy, I was definitely going to figure out something. I decided to use normal plain butter at the cost of knowing my chocolate bar will not have a very strong and I shall not get that lovely crack sound when the chocolate bar breaks. I decided to make a water bath and dissolve the butter while slowly adding my cacao paste. This actually worked really well and after mixing I then put it in the fridge to cool off. After a few hours in the fridge, I got a chocolate butter flavor slab, which was delicious. When I say it was delicious, uh, I may have over-exaggerated a little bit. It was bitter and I couldn't eat too much as I knew I was eating almost 100% butter. So I decided to melt my mix again. I wanted to add sugar to it so it can be sweeter, but what is sugar? Sugar is a sucrose molecule with the combination of glucose and fructose through an alpha-1-2 glycosidic bond. Sugar has a lot of oxygen and hydrogen, meaning sugar has a lot of hydrogen bonds, donor and acceptor, 8 hydrogen bond donor count, and 11 hydrogen bond acceptor count, to be exact. Hence, sugar can be dissolved readily in water for hydrophilic solutions, which is water-loving solutions. And what is butter with cacao paste made out of? I'll give you a hint. Lots of fatty and hydrocarbon chains. That's right, you see my problem here. So how do you dissolve sugar into butter? My solution was simple, but I think I just made it a little bit too complicated for myself. I'm pretty sure I could have just added the sugar and it would have all been fine in any case. I vaguely remember that two grams of sugar dissolves in one grams or one milliliter of water. I then decided to add sugar I actually am not sure how much I added to hot water. I then reduced the water just before the sugar recrystallizes and then added my mixture to the butter. All in all, I managed to make my chocolate butter more sweeter, but then I decided to add milk-based liquid. I added creme fraiche, 50%, and about 125 milliliters of it. I can actually say that it was not bad at all. It was just maybe a little strange. So I recommend you experiment a little bit on how much sugar you add, 
Normally you would add cacao butter for the tempering of the chocolate. I added sugar and creme fraiche as an experience and to make my chocolate more like chocolate milk. So in the pictures you can see me adding my fresh cacao powder to my melted butter for a good mix. It really smelled really lovely, I have to admit. And I hope uh, if when you make your mixture, when you make your cacao and chocolate, you will have that experience of really smelling that, that hard work you've put in. Um, so after I finished grinding all my roasted cocoa nibs, I added to the butter and then mixed as best as I could, but I noticed it was a bit clumpy as there was bits in it. I may not have grounded enough at the start, so you want to make sure that throughout the cacao nibs, they are all really thin and that are in a nice powder form. I then added the mix to a water bath, trying to melt the butter as best as I could, homogeneously, and later I added my sugar solution and then obviously my creme fraiche. And then at this stage I was literally just going to see what would happen. I knew I was going to eat it, anyways. Step 9. Molding the chocolate bars and wrapping. Now this is a really fun step. The last step is pretty simple. When pouring, the temperature should be lowered to about 33 degrees Celsius and there shouldn't be any water at all, unlike what I did. Just pour into a mold bar shape and uh, make sure to agitate the plastic mold nicely so that the air bubbles are completely out. Industries will use a specialized machine to do the shaking. Finally, you can always wrap it old school style with a bit of foil and maybe add a printed piece of paper that has been cut out to your specifications. And uh, I think that's about it. Just store your chocolate bar in a dry area without sunlight and moisture. When I packed my chocolate bar with, uh, with foil, my chocolate bar was really dark as it was pure 100% cacao. Later I melted that chocolate bar again and then I added creme fraiche and sugar. And it became a lot lighter and I guess more enjoyable to eat. It still looked really cool, I was pretty proud. And finally, there's something about you know packing your own chocolate bar that uh, it gives you a really awesome, an awesome feeling. Uh, in conclusion, where I could have improved, I think I could have improved on my fermentation process to release more flavors. Next time, I'll add activated yeast and a bit of vinegar to start the process more strongly. Uh, if only I had cacao butter to use for the tempering, it would have maybe helped me a lot. And if I had a, a cold-pressed juicer as well as a melanger, I think I would have done a delicious and a more natural chocolate bar. Next time I will not worry too much about my sugar, if it's going to dissolve or not. And I will just grind it so that uh, in a thin particle it would mix easier in the mixture. My tempering didn't happen as I didn't, have, uh, I didn't leave it for 12 hours, but I still had an extreme amount of fun in discovering how chocolate is made. There is nothing more satisfying than smelling the cacao nibs being roasted. That was my highlight, and to be able to crush it and taste it, cacao uh, that came from your own garden, is just a, an amazing experience. Maybe next time I shall go home and give it another solid try. We all finished my chocolate over coffee, and it became more like fudge towards the end, so it's still a win. I hope you have learned a lot and enjoyed making chocolate. Uh, let me know... Uh, how yours went and uh, how was your process and uh, add some photos so I can have a look and uh, do share some funny moments. I have some extra links here which uh, are very uh, nice links and information about how to make chocolates from other people on YouTube. These people uh, I think they are a lot better than me but uh, I guess you learn. 
Um, and yeah, thank you for listening to my podcast and staying. Uh, have a good day and uh, I'll see you around.